Praise the Lord. Acts chapter 8. That's where we're headed. Would you keep Sister Pauline Talafera's family in your prayers? Uh, she passed yesterday. Uh, I'm not sure of arrangements just yet. Just keep your ear to the ground. And, uh, and certainly let's support with our prayers and with our presence, if possible, for the Talafera family. Acts chapter 8 at verse 13 I'm reading from the New International Version of the Holy Scriptures. Here's what it says. Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived... They prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of, a, of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, May your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. Then Simon answered, Pray to the Lord for me so that nothing you have said may happen to me. After they had further proclaimed the word of the Lord and testified about Jesus, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. You may be seated, verses 13 through 25 of Acts chapter 8. Just by way of reminder, um, Dr. Forward, is that your new bride with you? All right. Well, first of all, congratulations to both of you, and welcome Mrs. Dr. Forward. <laughs> Just by way of reminder, this year we are continuing our church theme of Unto the Least of These. We are revisiting Jesus Christ's words when he said, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. 
I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? When did we see you thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you or sick and come to visit you or in prison and come visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And so we as his church, we are endeavoring to rediscover the concept of serving the least the lost and the left behind. And, uh, and my friends, I don't, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but in this year, 2024, it looks like to me, we ought to be concentrating on several areas that, that are given there, and I'll talk more about it at church conference next week. Feeding the hungry. Housing the homeless clothing the naked and visiting the sick and imprisoned. That's where we start. That's, that's what Jesus said in the word. We're rediscovering the concept of serving those who can't pay us back. And with that as the backdrop, today's lesson from the book of the Acts of the Apostles, this book written by Dr. Luke, this book which gives us a series of scenes from the lives of the apostles especially Peter and Paul, uh, immediately following Jesus' ascension into heaven. It gives us some insight into the early church as they operated in the power of the Holy Spirit to begin to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in this book of Acts, we come to meet one Deacon Philip. You all remember Philip? When the church at Jerusalem was growing, and some of the widows were being overlooked in the distribution of food. And people started murmuring about it. And the apostles said, listen, y'all look for you. Go, go out and look for seven men who are of good reputation, who are full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, so that we may appoint them over the business of handing out the food so that nobody in this growing congregation gets overlooked. And that's what they did. They brought them seven men. Stephen and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon and Parmenas and Nicholas. And these men who were full of the Holy Ghost and full of wisdom and had a good reputation, uh, they could do more than just wait tables though. We saw that Stephen was doing wonderful things among the people, great wonders and miracles, and he was so wise and convincing that when he talked about the things of God, nobody could stand up against him, and he wouldn't be quiet about Jesus, and that's what cost him his life. And now we see one of the people who was in that number, Deacon Philip. And the Bible says that Deacon Philip went to the city of Samaria preaching Christ to them. 
This Holy Ghost-filled man of wisdom and reputation is taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who haven't heard it. And when he gets there, he finds that there is in this city of Samaria already a man who the Bible says has bewitched the people of Samaria. He was a sorcerer named Simon. He had been wowing the people for a long time. They are amazed at his magic act. They are enthralled by what he can do. And Simon has convinced them that he really is is somebody they are calling him the power of God that is until the real power shows up and they discover that the real power of God will not just wow them with a good show but will change them from the inside out People are getting saved and delivered and healed and set free. And the Bible says that when they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized. As a matter of fact, even Simon himself believed and was baptized. And he was so captivated by the miracles and wonders that were being performed through Philip that he followed Philip everywhere. Now word gets back to the apostles, to the church leadership, which was still in Jerusalem. The leadership of the church, they were still at home base. But when word gets back to them that Samaria had accepted the word of God, the apostles sent Peter and John down to Samaria. And when Peter and John got there, they discovered that these new converts had believed and been baptized, but the Holy Ghost had not yet fallen on them. So they prayed for these new believers that they might receive the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says that when they laid their hands hands on them they received the Holy Ghost now listen I don't write this stuff I just report it and I know that we are still falling out about laying hands on people and about the Holy Ghost in general but I do want to point out that the Bible records that these new believers these new converts had believed and were baptized already the Bible says that the Holy Ghost had not yet fallen on them and the Bible says when the apostles laid their hands on them then they received the Holy Ghost now you theologians can argue about it all you want I'm just telling you what I see in the Bible Simon sees the apostles lay their hands on the people they received the gift of the Holy Ghost and he pulls out his wallet as it were and says uh, here let me give you an offering so I can get some of that give me this power so I can lay my hands on people and they'll receive the Holy Ghost and the Bible records that Peter says your money perish with you you thought you could buy the gift of God with money you don't have any part of this because your heart is not right the man of God tells Simon you can't buy this gift listen I, I've told you all before I just get wary I just I just get wary every time some pastor or preacher or prophet or apostle or bishop gets up and attaches money to a miracle I get wary every time somebody says if you give such and such amount come up here and I'll pray for you I, I just get wary when I turn on the internet and I hear some preacher saying that for $20.24 
I'll send you this miracle water and your 2024 will be blessed and successful. Here's my question. How are you going to sell a gift you didn't pay for? Peter lays into this man, Simon. He says, repent. Pray and ask God to forgive you because you are full of bitterness and you are bound by sin. And Simon, apparently pricked to his heart, says, Brother Peter, please pray for me. Wow. What an encounter. What a word for the church of the living God. There is so much in this account, but in light of where we're focusing right now, let me just preach for a little bit from the subject, the challenge to the church challenge to the church. You all remember what Jesus said when he got up from the grave? He said, all power is given unto me. You all know that. In heaven and on earth, you remember that. Uh, you know what else he said? He said, since I've got all the power, you go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Most Christians refer to this as the Great Commission, right? This is our assignment. This is what the Lord Jesus said to do. And in this story, in the book of Acts, we gain some useful insight as we go and teach, as we reach out unto the least the lost and the left behind there are a few actions here that the early church uh, does here that would it would do us well to follow three actions as a matter of fact on behalf of the church three actions which represent the church in this passage that I believe if we would follow these three actions we can fulfill the mission that our Lord has left for us if we'll follow these three actions we can introduce this world to a Christ who will actually transform their lives to reveal the glory of God's kingdom here's the first action it's all the way back in verse 5 Philip this great deacon this Holy Ghost filled man this respectable man of wisdom Philip get this preached Philip representing the church who is not a preacher having had lay, uh, hands laid on him by the apostles as an agent of the church, Philip preached. I know that in our culture, deacons don't preach and preachers don't deek. Okay? <laughs> in our culture, deacons don't preach and preachers don't serve. We have somehow gotten this thing twisted up. But I want to parenthetically offer today that here we see the second of these deacons chosen in Acts chapter 6 who is sharing the word of God. And Philip wasn't just teaching. He wasn't just talking. Verse 5 of chapter 8 says he was preaching. The Greek word there is keruso. It is to preach. It means to proclaim publicly. It means to herald loudly. It means to speak with a loud voice. It is what we call preaching. We got this thing messed up because in our culture, when a deacon wants to preach, he can't be a deacon anymore. Now, all of a sudden, we have to elevate him. We have to lift him. He is raised to be a preacher so he can't serve anymore. He can't look after the needs of the congregation anymore. He can't cut grass anymore. He can't pick up trash anymore. He can't take it out anymore. He can't clean the bathroom anymore. He can't wipe down pews anymore because now he's a preacher. 
Well, according to my Bible, and my daddy used to say it's in your Bible too, unless you ripped it out. This deacon was still a deacon, still a servant, and preaching the word. The two, I know I may get in some trouble for this. I don't write it. I just report it. The two are not mutually exclusive. Maybe if we had more deacons who knew the word and more preachers who were humble enough to still be servants, we would look more like Jesus Church. <laughs> Let me keep moving. I got to keep moving. That's the first action. Philip preached. And we, saints of God, whether you are a preacher or not, we must preach. Verse 5 says, Philip went down to the city of Samaria. He preached Christ unto them. Keruso Christos. He went preaching that Jesus was the one who God sent to take away the sins of the whole world. He went preaching that Jesus was the Messiah. Now, I know this sounds elementary, but we have to make sure that we preach Jesus, not ourselves. We don't preach Mount Calvary. We don't preach Pastor Sam. We preach Jesus. We need to preach the Lordship of Jesus, the reign of Jesus. We need to be preaching as as Paul said Jesus Christ and him crucified saints in these troubled times we have to make sure we're preaching Jesus alone not our preferences but Jesus not our philosophizing but Jesus not our compromising but Jesus not even our traditions but listen I don't want to get too far ahead of myself but church whatever else we preach we have to tell the world that when the fullness of time was come God so loved the world that he sent Jesus, his only begotten son. We got to keep preaching that he lived a sinless life. We have to preach that he opened blinded eyes and unstopped deaf ears and made lepers whole and made dame, uh, lame folk walk, that he made dead folk get up. We must keep preaching that he is a friend of tax collectors and sinners. We have to preach that he turned the religious world upside down. We have to preach that he died a sinner's death on the cross of Calvary, that he died in our place, that he died for your sins and mine, that he died. Saints, we have to keep preaching that on the third day he got up from the grave with all power in his hands we have to keep preaching that he went back to glory is now seated at the right hand of the father we got to keep preaching that he sent the Holy Ghost who gives us power to live the witness we have to keep preaching that one day he's coming back to get us we can talk about whatever we want to talk we can talk about finances we can talk about relationships. We can talk about social justice, but don't forget Jesus. Verse 12 tells us he preached the good news of the kingdom and the name of Jesus Christ. If there was ever a time the world needed some good news. Crime is on the rise in many of our cities. That's bad news. I was just in Memphis. They said, don't go out in the city by yourself at night. That's, that's bad news. While I was gone, another young black man, DeAndre Ferguson, was shot and killed this week in our very own city. That's bad news. 
I just got back from a board meeting at our National Baptist Convention at which I witnessed two grown men, two black Baptist pastors, church leaders, who literally had to be held back from beating each other senseless over an election. That's bad news. Speaking of elections, there's more and more intentional misinformation being disseminated on social media to target black and brown voters to keep us from voting in November. That's bad news. I found out last week yet another of our beloved members is battling cancer. That's bad news. Some, some mother had to bury her child this week. That's, that's bad news. Some father got laid off this week. That's bad news. But this world is in need of some good news. And church, we have it. Our God reigns. That's good news. He's still in charge. That's good news. He knows what he's doing. That's good news. He's bigger than cancer. That's good news. Vengeance is his. That's good news. He watches over us and protects us and defends us. That's good news. He heals the brokenhearted. That's good news. He died in our place. That's good news. He got up from the grave. That's good news. There's power in his name. That's good news. There's salvation in his name. That's good news. There's peace in his name. That's good news. There's joy in his name. That's, that's, there's hope in his name. That's, that's good news. There's healing in his name. There's deliverance in his name. That, my friends, is good news. Church, hear me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us because he has anointed us to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent us to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Look at somebody, tell them, preach. You may never, I don't want to scare you, you don't have to go get a collar. <laughs> you don't have to start sitting with the preachers and talking in your preacher voice. <laughs> you don't have to start walking by trash instead of picking it up. No. <laughs> you may never have a pulpit to preach in, but you can tell of the goodness of Jesus. Preach. There's another action that's evident in this passage. I've already preached longer than I intended. I apologize. Uh, there's another action that's evident in this passage. Um, verse 14 says, When the apostles heard about what was going on in Samaria, they sent Peter and John. Not only is there preaching, but number two, reach. Reach out. Uh, the church reaches out. Philip is down in Samaria preaching, but when the church leadership gets word in Jerusalem, they don't hang out where they are. They sent Peter and John to where the people were. Philip had some support from the church. 
He wasn't out there as a lone ranger. He didn't go off and start his own Phillips Ministries. He didn't go off without oversight and accountability and the support of the church. Peter and John moved beyond Jerusalem so that they could help support the work in Samaria. They weren't too holy to get in the trenches. They weren't too big to go and touch people where they were. They weren't too important to leave their headquarters and head out to where the action was. Peter and John went to Samaria and went to work. And they didn't go to shut Philip down. They didn't go to prove their dominance. They went to water what Philip planted. Philip got them saved and baptized, but they hadn't received the Holy Ghost yet, and that's where Peter and John came in. You see, we've got to keep in mind that Jesus' command said, go. Jesus said, go to them. Listen, whether you're the one doing the planting or the watering, somebody needs you where they are. Go, reach out. Reach out to that woman on the street who's hooked on heroin and can't see a way of escape. Go reach out to that man who has no fear of death because he has no hope in life. Go and reach out to that young lady selling her body because she's desperate and degraded. Go and reach out to that child who had to teach himself how to be a man because his daddy wasn't around. Church, we must preach, but we must also reach. We have to go. And the final action I see in this story is teaching. Preach, reach, and teach. Uh, Philip preaches. The apostles reach out through Peter and John. And then the opportunity arises for some teaching. I'm in the text. This new convert Simon, this new believer, check it out. This man who is still recovering from a lifestyle of demonic sorcery and deception. Let's not be too hard on Simon here. I mean, obviously, he hasn't been to New Member Orientation yet, Miss Kim. <laughs> He's just glad to be in the number. He's just so grateful that he gets to hang out with Deacon Philip. He's grateful to follow Deacon Philip around all the time. He doesn't, he doesn't know what he's doing. And so when he offers money to Peter for the gift of the Holy Ghost, don't be too hard on him because at least he believed and was baptized. He was on the right track. I know that because verse 13 tells me he was he believed and he was baptized. I know that we make it seem like by the time he gets to verse 19 he's not saved. But Peter never said that. Can I tell you something? If he was saved in verse 13, he's still saved in verse 19. Up in verse 13 he fulfilled the requirements. He believed he was baptized and he was saved, but he was ignorant. He believed. He was baptized. He was saved, but he was ignorant. Y'all help me preach this, please. And I'll get on out of here. 
Tell somebody you can be saved and ignorant. This man was saved, but he didn't know any better. He was saved and he was uninformed. Saved and uneducated. Saved and undiscipled. Oh, I know you don't want to hear it. But he was saved and full of bitterness. Saved. And still bound by sin. Oh God. That explains so much. It explains how some people that you know. I know it ain't you. It explains how some people that we know. Can be believers and still act like we do. It explains how we could be believers and still treat people the way we do. It explains the reason why some believers can be okay with having no concern for anybody who's not like them. It explains the reason why some saved folk live like we do because it is possible to be saved and ignorant, saved and uninformed, saved and unaware, even to be saved and bitter. So Peter comes down on him hard because Simon needs to learn this lesson and Peter's got to teach it. But here is the good news. Oh God, if there were no hope for Simon, Peter wouldn't have taught him the lesson. But the fact that Peter says, even though this is wrong with you, you can pray that the Lord will make it right with you, means that there's hope, even for the saved and ignorant. I know you can't shout too loud. I know you can't shake your head too hard. I know you can't say amen too loud because then somebody might know but I've got to tell you the fact that you are sitting here right now means that there is hope that I don't have to stay saved and ignorant there are several truths and I'll I'll get, out, I'll get out of your way. There are several truths that, that this short exchange teaches us. Can I tell you these truths and then I'll sit down. First of all, that the Holy Ghost is a gift given from on high, not purchased with money. The second lesson is you can't buy what Jesus already paid for. And any attempt to do so is a slap in God's face. There's another lesson here that while man sees the outward appearance, God sees the heart. In just this short exchange, we learn that repentance is possible. We learn that forgiveness is available. We learn that bitterness is overcomable. We learn that bondage of sin is breakable. We learn that change is achievable. And we learn that nothing is impossible.
can I get you to help me close this today would you find somebody and tell them repentance is possible you didn't look at somebody look at somebody and tell them repentance is possible tell them forgiveness is available tell them bitterness is overcomable tell them the bondage of sin is breakable tell somebody change is achievable and with God nothing is impossible I believe I'll say it one more time repentance is possible forgiveness is available bitterness is overcomable the bondage of sin is breakable change is achievable and with God nothing is I believe I'll say it one more time repentance is possible forgiveness is available bitterness is overcomable change is achievable the bondage of sin is breakable and with God nothing is impossible and I have to tell you that all of that is made possible because of what Jesus did at Calvary at Calvary Christ died according to the scriptures at Calvary he was hung up from my hang-ups at Calvary they nailed his hand and nailed his feet at Calvary he hung on the cross at Calvary mercy was great and grace was free at Calvary pardon there was multiplied to me at Calvary my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary he died he died he died didn't he die they buried him in Joseph new tomb but early on Sunday morning he got up with all power in his hands all power in his hands and said all power is given to me in heaven and in earth so you go and preach the gospel you go and reach out to a dying world you go and teach them how to observe everything I've told you you go and tell them I will make the darkness light before you tell them what's wrong I'll make it right before you tell them all your battles I will fight before you and tell them I'll bring it down I'll bring the high place down I'll bring the high place down I'll exalt the valley I'll make the crooked places straight tell them preach 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 and don't you dare 
put reverend in front of your name preach and you don't have to be apostle nobody you don't have to be bishop nobody you don't have to be overseer nobody you don't have to be prophet nobody you don't have to have a congregation you don't have to have a microphone you don't have to have a pulpit as a matter of fact you can preach preach to your family preach to your children preach to your grandchildren preach to your co-workers preach 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 and reach go get them go get them go get them in the crack house go get them in the cat house go get them off the street corner go get them go 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 and teach them and teach them challenge to the church is to preach Jesus preach Jesus oh God preach Jesus challenge to the church is to reach out Reverend I'm satisfied me and my family are here but what about everybody else huh what about doesn't it break your heart when you go up gas station you see a young man or a young lady for that matter sitting at the pump but they're not pumping any gas they're just waiting for that exchange doesn't that break your heart what about the fact that you go in when the, when the sun goes down and you lock your door and you shut your shades because you're afraid to go out at night doesn't that break your heart reach out doesn't it doesn't it break your heart when you see some young person doing something that you know they don't have to do but they feel like they have to to survive doesn't that break your heart we got to reach out pastor I don't want the church to grow we big enough I really liked when we were on Groveland <laughs> a couple hundred people is enough no it's not no it's not and I'm not talking about growing Mount Calvary I'm talking about growing the kingdom Then show some mercy when they get saved and then don't know any better. 
She ain't saved, Reverend. Did you see how short her skirt was? Come on. Teach. He ain't saved. He, something wrong with him. He walked while prayer was going on. Teach. Somebody see you working signs and wonders and offer you money so they can do the same thing. Don't be too hard on them. Teach them. It's a teachable moment. Pray that God will change your heart. You teach them. That's our challenge, church. I know I need to be done. I just, this, that's our challenge. You get it? In case you're here today, have not accepted the Lord Jesus as your Savior. I've told you the good news that God loved you so much that he gave his unique one-of-a-kind son. That's Jesus the Christ. So that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is good news. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but so that the world through him might be saved. That's good news. And if you are living in 2024, you need some good news. And the good news is if you're sitting here right now, if you're breathing, you have an opportunity to get it right with God through Jesus Christ. And the truth is you can't get it right without him. Pastor, let me clean some stuff up. Let me get some stuff straight in my life, and then I'll come. Listen, if you could do that, you wouldn't need a Savior. But thank God for the blood of Jesus. Here's what the Bible says. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. If that's you, if you're not sure you're saved, you're not sure where you're going to spend eternity, would you come now? If you are not sure where you're going to, and we are all going to spend eternity somewhere. If you're not sure where you're going to spend eternity, would you come now? Let us introduce you to Jesus. I can't promise you an easy walk, but I can promise it's worth it. There's nothing better than knowing Jesus. Nothing. If you're not sure you're saved, come now. That's the first call. If you don't feel comfortable walking by yourself, hunch somebody next to you. They'll be glad to walk you down here. Or just raise your hand. One of these faithful deacons will come and get you. That's the first call. Second call is this. You're here. You're saved already. You know where you're going to spend eternity. But you know you're supposed to be here in Mount Calvary. You know that this is your church home. If that's you, would you come now? If you know you're supposed to be here. You need us and we need you. And we're going to treat you like the gift that you are. Come now. If you're online watching, you want to be saved today, put it in the chat. 
send us a message somebody is monitoring it right now and we'll reach out to you shortly and tell you how you can know you're saved today or if you know you're supposed to be a part of Mount Calvary family send us a message somebody will reach out to you very shortly that's the first two calls if you're here and you're not sure you're saved or if you know you're supposed to be here in this church come on come on here's I want to offer a third call today and that is if you are here or if you're watching online and you said yes to Jesus but since you said yes you kind of walked off and did your own thing since you said yes since you were baptized since you believed you kind of got off track kind of started handling it like you were Lord but I want to tell you because it is possible to be saved and ignorant saved and not know who you are in Christ but the good news is if you're alive if you're hearing this right now it says you have an opportunity to get back on track and if that's you would you come now come now thank you somebody go, some, go get her Yes, sir. God bless you. Thank you, Thank you, deacons. Those three calls. If you're not sure you're saved, if you know you're supposed to be here, or if you know you've gotten off track and need to get back on, come now. Come now. You're not too dirty. You haven't gone too far. You haven't been gone too long. If you're breathing, you have an opportunity right now. Come on. Come on. Send us that message now. Come on. While they're deciding, here, y'all play this. Stay right where you are. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Come on, sing that. Above him there's no one. Jesus is the way. Say it. Jesus is It's not too late. It's not too late. Come now. Come on. Everybody else then is sure you're saved. 
Everybody else is sure you're saved. You know you are where you belong. And you know you're already on the right path. You're not in a backslidden state. You know you're already following. You don't need to get right back in path. Everybody else knows those three things. Please don't let this opportunity pass. Then let the church say amen. Good. Let's pray for our brother and our sister. All right, would you all join us in prayer? Father, thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you, Lord, for our brother and sister who have said we know there's more and we want the more. Father, we thank you for, for them believing and being baptized. But Lord, I also thank you that you are growing them into the man and woman of God that you've called them to be. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord. When Peter and John laid their hands on them, they received the Holy Ghost and I thank you Lord for the power of the Holy Ghost flowing even now in Jesus name and for your glory power to live right power to live the witness power to stand in Jesus name I thank you Lord for your Holy Spirit being poured out even now hallelujah Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church, are you praying? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Bless your name, Lord. Bless your name, Lord. Bless your name, Lord. Bless your name, Lord. Hallelujah to your name, God. Hallelujah to your name, God. Thank you for straightening out the way. Thank you for discipling. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you for showing us the way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for putting a yes in our spirit. Thank you, Lord. We praise you in Jesus' name. And we thank you that the enemy is already defeated. He cannot have who belongs to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let the church say amen. And thank God. Miss Kim, you're going to take them after, after we get done? All right, great. Good. Let's get ready to give. We thank God for the opportunity to worship in giving. Here at Mount Calvary, I say it all the time, we are on our way to becoming a 100% tithing church. We believe that the Bible teaches tithing. And that's what we, that's what we believe. 
listen, I just don't believe that we have to nickel and dime people if we do what the Bible says to do. Bring it, he said, and prove me. There'll be meat in my house. Huh? He said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. I'll open up the windows of heaven and I'll pour you something out. You don't even have room to receive if you'll just, thank you, if you'll just bring all of the tithe into the storehouse. And so that's what we're headed towards. That's our first area of giving the tithe. The second area is our benevolence. That's our giving to uh, assist people who find themselves in financial emergency. Every week, uh, people come to the church who are in need of financial assistance. And what we give on Sunday determines how much we can give out uh, during the week. We, um, I'll tell you this, we don't sit on mountains of money, right? <laughs> There is no room full of gold that the dragon is guarding. <laughs> As we give it, people come. And if we have it, we give it. And it's just that simple. That's our benevolence giving. The third area is uh, our building fund. Y'all are sitting in a miracle. God has done this with this building, but this is not all. This is just the beginning. We still have a block to take. We've got a shopping center to get. We've got a school to get. We have the BJW Center to get renovated and open. And I don't know how, but God's going to do it. And I believe we're going to see it. All right, there are those three areas of giving. You can give on your way out. The faithful deacons are, are standing in the back and are ready to receive your offering. If you're giving by cash or check, uh, please get an envelope from them so that you can get credit for your taxes. If you're giving electronically, you can do it by texting 855-908-0710 or you can uh, use the cash app, uh, dollar sign, M-T-C-A-L-M-B-C if you use Cash App or Givelify um, go, to, to, go to the Givelify app because you're sitting in the building Mount Calvary Church will probably be the first one that pops up and uh, tap and give and you're done alright good it's our good pleasure to give come on uh, Minister Johnson you can close us out I'm not going to the back today uh, I my family is taking me to birthday dinner, so I'm going to eat. Do I look a year older? I look, I look 48 now. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I just don't want you to think that, that I'm some preacher who thinks I'm too good to, uh, to hug and all that kind of stuff. I'm not. Next Sunday, if the Lord says the same, uh, I'll be back to hug your neck. It's been a while. But uh, y'all forgive me, I'm going to dinner and then over to Greater St. John, all right? Would you do me the favor of praying? Add Pastor Damon Sneed to your prayer list. Would you do that? Uh, he is the new pastor at Greater St. John, uh, taking over from, uh, from Pastor Hayes. And, uh, and I would that you would add him to your prayer list, all right? I've, I've been a new pastor in a home church, in your home church. And, uh, and I... I my heart reaches out to him. Just pray for him. Would you do that? Thank you. 
grace of God be with you. Now, unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his glory. Through the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, and dominion, both now and forever.